Amen. How's it going, New Philly? Swell. Everyone say, I feel swell. I have never used that word before. Swell. I feel swell. Tell your neighbor, tell him, I feel swell. <laughs> Man, God was moving during corporate intercession, during worship. Man, the spirit of the Lord is in this place. Amen. Man, God is good. God is good. The weather's good, too. I don't know why I'm talking about the weather right now, but <laughs> Ryan raised his hand. He's a hallelujah. Yeah, come on. Take it. Take that weather. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking about the weather. Man, it's good to see you guys today. I'm really happy to see you. I'm always happy to see you, but for some reason today, I feel really happy to see you. It's a good day. I have an important word from the Lord for you today. And it's called the power of giving. The power of giving. I want you to open up your Bibles to the book of Luke. And we're going to we're going to read through verses 22 to 34. And we're going to alternate verses. So how about you guys? You guys will start and we'll read alternating verses. Then we'll read the last one together. Luke, Luke 12. I, I thought I said that, but maybe I didn't. Luke 12, 22 to 34. You there? Say amen. amen. All right. So. How about you guys just read verse 22 and then we'll alternate. One, two, three, she jot. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. Instead, seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. Provide yourself with money bags that do not grow old. With a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. And altogether, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Amen. This is a famous passage of scripture. I'm sure we've all read it before. But here in Luke, Jesus is talking and he's talking to his disciples. And before that, he's actually teaching them about someone, a rich, a rich fool, he calls him. Someone who stores up everything that he has. And he says, you know what? I'm going to have this for myself. I'm going to treasure it and then I'm going to relax. And then God comes to him and he says, fool, did you not know? 
tonight your very life's going to be taken from you. And then he dies and, you know, he loses all stuff. And then he goes into this teaching. And, you know, and people have preached about the like, you know, don't be anxious. You know, you can't give yourself anything. But I want to focus on verse 33. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. Provide yourself with money bags that do not grow old with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail where no thief approaches and no moth destroys for where your treasure is there your heart will be also i'm sure as soon as i said sell your possession some of y'all like what i thought that when i read it even just now when i read it and i'm preaching (laughs) you know sell my possessions but there is power in giving i want to talk to you about the power the the great power that is in the act of giving You know, most of us, we recognize that there is a lot of power in receiving. You know, I remember when I was back in college, I used to watch this TV show called MTV Cribs. You you ever watch MTV Cribs? MTV Cribs. Okay, for you guys that don't know, it was a show on MTV, obviously, where they would visit the crib. Crib means home, not like a baby's crib. Some people don't know. They're like, what does a crib mean? Like, you don't have any children. They visit the children of people on TV, like cribs of people, whatever. Anyway, so they go to these famous rappers and artists and they go to all their homes. And every single one, it, it starts off the same way. Like they open up the door and they're like, yo, what's up? What's up, MTV? And this is my crib. You know what I'm saying? And then they walk in and they've got like ridiculous stuff. Like they've got like a fountain in their living room. You know, like they've got like the TV that has like 47 different monitors in one remote. And I remember as a kid, I used to look at that and I was like, man, man, that, I wouldn't be like that guy. He did show like the cars like, he, you know, they'd all go to their garage. And for some reason, the garage is bigger than the house. And they've got like 78 different cars. And like, this is my Bentley. This is my blah, 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 blah. And every time I watch it, I'm like, man. Those guys, they got so much power. They got so much authority. Man, I want to be like Lil Wayne. I want to be like, I want to be like Jay-Z. Hey, don't judge me, yo. Don't judge me. See, I'm being real with y'all. When you guys were in middle school, you know you were thinking the same thing. Man, I want a house like Mariah Carey. Uh, somebody, Somebody's agreeing. And I would watch this and I was like, man, these guys, they have so much. They've received so much and they must have so much power. I would think about the guys, the the people who are like the wealthiest men and women in the world. And I'd be like, man, I want to be like those people. Man, how great is it to receive? Man, if you have a lot, man, that must mean that you're really important. You know, we have this attitude actually in the body of Christ. We come to church on Sundays and it's really all about us receiving. Receive, 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 receive. Because if I receive something from God, then I know I'm worth it. I know I'm important. Everywhere we go, we we recognize that there's some power in receiving. But I want to tell you today that there is even more power in giving. Even if you don't have much, there's more power in you giving something than you receiving. I could I could call you up to the front and pray for you and you get your breakthrough and it'd be amazing. 
you've received something powerful. But you receiving that breakthrough is not as powerful as you giving it away. And then them giving it to someone else and giving it to someone else. There's significant power in giving. You know, I was, I don't know, the Lord really spoke this word to me so strong about the power of giving. And he's saying, Marcus, my people need to get back to giving. You know, nowadays we look at people and we say the people who have the most, the people who have the most wealth, have the most whatever. We say that those people, man, they have a lot of power. But the truth of the matter is that's actually a very recent development. You know, historically, kings and tribes, the most powerful kings, the most powerful tribes, the most powerful people in history, they weren't defined by their receiving. When you think of a king, what do you think of? You think of someone sitting up on this huge throne, everything's encrusted with gold, like they're just baller, right? But actually, historically, the most powerful kingdoms, the most powerful kings, they're always defined by their giving. Do you know that? Actually, I was reading about this one Native American tribe in the Pacific Northwest of America. And it was so interesting. So this tribe, whenever they would encounter other Native American tribes, they would show their power to that tribe by giving them everything. So they wanted to conquer that land. They wanted to take over that area. So what they would do was they would gather up all of their stuff, everything that they had. And they will walk over to that next tribe and they're here you go. And, you know, people love free stuff. Right. And so they're like, oh, thank, thanks, thanks, thanks. But then all of a sudden they recognize, man, this tribe must have more power than me, because by them giving everything, you know what it was signifying to them? It was saying there's more where that came from. When you give and when you give extravagantly, there's so much power in that kind of giving. You know, even Christianity, the the main reason why Christianity exploded is not because people received a lot. We think that it's because a bunch of people received blessing, received the gospel. It was actually because people went out and they were giving their lives. It confounded everyone who would persecute the Christians because they would come against them and they would take everything away. But the Christians would still give everything. They would be generous with everything they had, even if it was something small. Some of you think you probably even as soon as I started talking about giving, you may have like your wallet begin to tighten and your heart begin to close. You're like, man, I ain't trying to hear about money again. But giving is not about money. You know, when you give whatever you give, even if it's a birthday gift, a gift is simply a representation of giving something much larger. When I give a gift to someone, I'm not saying, you know, here's your iPad and then I'm done with you. What I'm saying is that this represents my life, what I'm giving unto you. When I spend time, when I give effort to someone, that is a gift. And that has so much power. There's so much power in giving. Everyone say the power of giving. giving. You know, I I used to go eat Brazilian barbecue a lot. (laughs) Snap, I want some right now. (laughs) And I remember I used to I used to go and one time we went 
And we were eating Brazilian barbecue and we looked over in the corner and there was this guy in a suit. It was like in the middle of the day eating Brazilian barbecue by himself. And all of us were looking at that and we're like, man, that's such a power move. Man, that guy, he's so powerful, dude. I wish I, was, I could just go to Brazilian barbecue and get steak in the middle of the day by myself. Man, that's power. <laughs> but, you know, that's not a power move. That's a weak move. That meant he was lonely. <laughs> he didn't have no friends. <laughs> that's really sad, right? It don't sound like a power move no more. You know, there's so much power in giving. And I'm going to go over three things about giving that I want you to recognize today. And I believe these three things are going to set you free. And the first thing is that giving. When you give, you are putting yourself in a place of authority. You know, most of the time we think that giving is a place of weakness. We think, you know, man, if I give you something, that means something is being taken from me. And therefore, as I give that to you, I'm depleted. I'm weaker. You know what, man, I got to hold on to my money, man, because if I give you, you if I give you that five dollars, I've got less five. I don't even make grammatical sense. (laughs) But you know what I'm trying to say. You know, Jesus, there was this moment in the Bible where Jesus had, it was at, towards the end of his life, and Jesus brought all his disciples in a room. And when Jesus brought all the disciples in the room, he lined them up and he told them to sit down. And when he told them to sit down, he began to go, at, he began to kneel down and he began to wash their feet. And what began to happen is as Jesus began to wash their feet, they were amazed because Jesus is their leader, Right. He's the guy that they've been following. He's the guy that that they're looking up to. But Jesus decides that he's going to give them a gift. He's going to kneel down. He's going to lower himself down before them and he's going to wash their feet. And see, and at this moment, what happens is he comes around to Peter, right? And Peter, Peter's like, no, Lord, no, it's not of you to wash my feet. How about you sit down? Let me wash your feet. But Jesus stops him. He rebukes him. And he says, Peter, if I don't do this. You will have no part in me. See, what Jesus was saying was that, Peter, if I don't give you this gift. I won't have the authority to bring you into oneness with me. See, when you go into a place, when you go and you give a gift, what you're doing is you are bringing authority to bring that person into your life. To bring change into their life. You understand what I'm saying? How about how about let's make it real? Why are you at your job? Why are you working at the place that you're working at? I asked a bunch of people this week. I was like, yo, why why are you at that why are you at the hogwan? Why are you at that job? They all said the same thing. To make money. I was like, word, you're there to make money. And I was like, so you're telling me that you being there at that job to make money. You're telling me that you produce wealth for yourself. Where does that where does that money come from? You're at that job to make money. So you're telling me you work for money. Is that where your money comes from? Where does money really come from? Uh, 
It comes from, well, Deuteronomy says that God gives us the ability to produce wealth. The Bible says that, that in Philippians, that what? He will provide for all our needs according to his riches and glory. That God is actually the one who provides for our needs, right? So why are you at your job? Is it to make money? If God is the one who gives you the ability to make money, then you're not there to make money, are you? No. How about you're there because God has specifically positioned you there to give your life. You know, when this when God was speaking to me about this word, I was like, God, this doesn't. I was like, this feels more like a TED talk than a sermon. And so that's why I'm delivering it to you probably the way that I am. I want you to think about your job. I want you to think about why you're there. I thought that working here at church. I was like, why are you there? Well, I I signed a contract. (laughs) I'm just being real with you today. Maybe I'm crushing some of those paradigms you've had about your pastors. See, what happens is, is if you're there to make money, you'll only do the least bit possible to make that money. If you're there just to get a salary, you'll do the least bit that you can possibly do to make sure that they pay you. And so speaking life into the kid around you, being a a vessel of transformation in your workplace, speaking, speaking kingdom truth, you won't really do that. Why? Because they, they they may fire me. They may they may let me go. I ask you today, if if your employer decided not to pay you. Would you keep working? Almost all of us are like, no, (laughs) no, I'm out. Peace. (laughs) Now, I'm not saying that's right. (laughs) I ain't saying next week you go in and here's my paycheck. I don't want it. Don't do that, please. (laughs) Pastor Christian will have a field day with me. But you got to get at my point. The reason you're at your job, the reason why you walk, the reason you're in Itaewon, the reason why you are working at the place that you're working at is not to make money. It's to give yourself as a gift. See, the reason why you have no authority to bring transformation in your workplace is because you're there to make money. And therefore, anytime God wants you to take a step of faith, he wants you to step out and speak truth into someone's life. You won't do it. Why? Because money and your boss has more authority than God does. We're meant to bring the kingdom, right? See, Jesus says in Luke 12, he says, what does he say? (laughs) Do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things and your father knows that you need them. Instead, seek the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you as well. What are you giving in your workplace? Are you bringing the kingdom? Are you giving your life? 
Jesus said, whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he'll find it. You know, every place we walk into, our motivation should be to bring the kingdom. Our motivation should be to lay down our lives. Because that's what God's calling us to. And that's where the authority rests. You know, when you're there for God and not for money, you can never be manipulated. Do you know that? When you're there because God has sent you there and not because it's a contract, you can never be manipulated. It doesn't matter what they do. You're still going to bring the kingdom. Because you're there to give your life, not to receive a paycheck. You know, when I was, when the time as me as an intern pastor was coming to an end, so many people, like, I don't know, like, why everyone decided to ask me this, but I was like, are people trying to make me scared? What's going on? They're like, what are you going to do if you don't get hired? It's like, I didn't even want to think about that. And then I talked to someone else. They're like, man, your, your time as intern pastor is coming to an end. What are you going to do if, if you don't get hired? Stop asking me that. <laughs> but you know what? The more and more people kept asking me, my answer began to change. At first, I was like, man, I guess I'm going to have to just, I guess I'll have to get another job. But then after a while, God began to speak to me. He was like, Marcus, are you here for a paycheck? Or are you here because I sent you here? And I was like, oh, that's a good question. Let me get back to you. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. But then my answer began to change. And then people began to ask me more and more. Well, what are you going to do if you don't get hired? And, and my answer began to change because God changed my heart. And I said, you know what? If I, if, even if I got fired tomorrow, that's okay. I just go and I get another job and I keep serving here at New Philly. Because God didn't bring me here to Korea for a paycheck. God didn't bring me here to Korea so that I would work nine to five and then go home. And then only on Sundays, try to bring the kingdom. You know, you spend most of your life at your job. Newsflash. (laughs) Nine to five is a lot of the day. Most of your time that you are awake, you are spending at your job. See, I once heard this quote that it said that that most of us try to find a job that fits our passion. But we need to learn how to put our passions into our jobs. Because if you're looking, if you're continually looking for a job that's going to fit your passion. You're never going to get there. But if you're continually putting your passion into your job, it doesn't matter what you do. You're going to always succeed. Because you're giving your life. And then everyone else around you is getting changed too. Because what you're, you're laying yourself down. And God can't help to, but to fill a sacrifice vessel with his presence. God can't help to fill someone who's laying down their life with his presence. And then all of a sudden you recognize that your workplace is being changed. Giving is a place of authority. The second thing is that giving brings oneness. I told you about Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. And he said, if I don't do this, you won't have any part of me. You know, every time that you give, every time that you lay down yourself, every time you give a gift unto someone else, what you're doing is you're bringing them into oneness. 
you're calling them into the same thing that you believe. When you walk into your workplace, when you walk on the street, when you give yourself to someone else, when you lay down yourself, what you're doing is you're inviting them into the same thing that you possess. It doesn't come by preaching at them. It comes by sacrificially loving them. The third thing is that giving changes everything. See, there was a reason why Jesus talked about the kingdom. And then he said, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now sell your possessions and give to the needy. Because when you begin to give, it changes the atmosphere of everything around you. It changes everything. And people don't even have to receive the gift. They don't have to receive what you're doing. They'll still be changed. You know, God was illustrating this to me with an iPhone and a MacBook. And I'll be honest, I've been like, I listened to the message, the Esau syndrome last week, where Pastor Christian was preaching about despising your inheritance, like Esau. And I had to repent because in my heart, I've been hating on Apple. Like Pastor Christian will get up here and he'll preach about Apple computers and Steve Jobs and, you know, Apple's the kingdom. And I'll, and I'll be sitting there like, I got a MacBook, but man, let's talk about an Android. <laughs> and then and then all of a sudden God was like confronting me. He's like, that Android syndrome is rebellion. <laughs> so I'm going to get an iPhone in the summer. Now, I'm sorry for talking about, but let me, I want to illustrate a point to you. See, when you give yourself and you give a gift into a place, it changes everything that happens in the atmosphere around you. Many of us think that we need to walk into a place and get everyone saved for everything to be changed. But Jesus didn't do that. You know, when Jesus took on the cross, it changed everything for non-Christian and Christian alike. When the veil was torn, it changed everything. It opened up a a realm, a dispensation for every single person that is living on the earth to receive a grace that they could not before. Even you and I, we walk according to date and time. We're affected by what Jesus did on the cross. If I go outside and I ask someone, what year is it? They're like, well, it's 2012. But they don't recognize that what they're counting back from is actually the day that Jesus died. He was buried and resurrected from the cross. They don't recognize that everything that Jesus did on the cross, it changed everything. Why did it? It was because he gave himself. He gave himself as an offering. And when he did that on the cross, it changed everything because it brought the kingdom. You know, when the MacBook came out, it changed everything. The MacBook... Apple has this saying, I didn't realize they had it, but they said, they say that they, Steve Jobs used to say that all their products were for a customer of one, that everything that Steve Jobs did was for just as a, he was the only customer and everything else that he was doing was for a gift for everyone else. And that was why when people went and they worked at Apple, they would work like with smiles on their faces and they'd be innovative and creative because they weren't doing it to force you to buy a product. They were just doing it. Because they wanted to give themselves. 
And so they come out with this thing, this MacBook. And it's so it's so innovative and it's so revolutionary that it changes the way that even PC makers make PCs. We're supposed to be MacBooks in society. You know what I'm saying? We're supposed to be people that when we walk into an area that even if they don't receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they're still changed. We're supposed to be people that live so sacrificially. That give in such a manner. That it changes the entire atmosphere of a place and they don't even repeat the Lord's that the sinner's prayer. Is that how we're living? Is that how you're living? Have you tapped into the power of giving? You know, when you give, you know, I, I recognized this when I went home, when I went home last year and I didn't preach the gospel to anyone in my family. When I went home, I thought I was going to, I had these visions that I was going to walk through the door. I was going to kick down the door like Rambo. And I thought that like when, as soon as I did that, that I was just going to just hop up on my mom's couch and just start preaching the good news and that they were going to just be weeping. The power of God was going to come. I was just going to do a quick altar call, lay hands. They were going to be laid out on the floor. And then afterwards, we were just going to all praise together. And that was going to be it. I had these grandiose dreams and visions for going home. I, I kid you not. That's what I was praying into. I was like, Lord, when I step through the front door. But that didn't happen. Actually, as soon as I walked through the door, my mom asked me to clean. I was like, you. she's like, yeah, you do live here. I was like, I, I, I don't. I, I was in there washing dishes and moving, moving the couch. And I was like, have you been like waiting for me to come home to like make me clean? But you know what? Something crazy happened. That entire time I was there, I felt like God said, Marcus, don't preach the gospel. Just love them. Marcus, don't you don't give them one sermon. Don't preach one revelation. Just give yourself to them. Just give them your time. Just give them your effort. Just give them your life. Okay, so I started doing that. And I just sat there. Most of the time, I, just, I was just sitting there as they were talking and talking and talking. And I realized that even as I was just sitting there, they were being changed. And as I was just loving them, the entire atmosphere of my home was changed. My mom's still sending me testimony. She's, she's now like, she's like crazy. Like I check her Facebook wall and it's like all Bible verses and stuff all the time. And then she like likes all my photos and stuff where, <laughs> where like I go do ministry before it, it wasn't like that. She would just like, like, like one picture and be like, you look good, son. <laughs> now she like likes and she's like, hallelujah. Everything changed simply just by giving my life. That's the power of giving. You know, when you step into a place. It's all about your giving. It's all about giving. When you. There's this there's this principle that 
I don't know why I'm talking about work a lot, but I just feel like during the week that maybe we need to change the way that we look at our jobs. Because the way that we look at our jobs is that time equals wages. I'll put in this much time and you'll give me this much money. But that cheapens us as a people because you don't get those hours back. And that time of your life is precious. And therefore, our attitude should be that we're going to give as much as we can to that. That we're going to make that time so much more fruitful than we have been. Because God has sent us there. And the last thing about giving is that giving. I'm sure when when I'm talking about giving, some of you are thinking, I don't have anything to give. But that's a lie. In the parable of the talents, everyone got at least one talent. God has given us all at least one thing that we can give. And that's our lives. But when you do it, what happens is that you begin to receive a double portion. Because not only are you blessed in the act of giving, the act of giving is such a blessing. As you begin to give your best, you begin to lay down your life, you begin to give as much as you can, you begin to get blessed. It says that Jesus, he died on, he was going to the cross for the joy that was set before him. The very act of him going to the cross was something that brought pleasure to his own heart. We think that Jesus was like all in despair. And there were some moments of that. He was going through a great deal of pain. But it was for joy that was set before him. There was a blessing in that giving. But not only was he blessed in his giving. But he was blessed in our receiving. That's a double portion. Not only are you blessed in your giving to other people and as you put forth your best, but you're also blessed in their receiving, in their transformation, in their revival. Amen. Let's bow our heads.